Hi, this is Joshua Marsingill. Welcome to Abundant Encounters. And my wife and I started this um, early 2020 before the pandemic and um, really just as a way to help people experience some of the experiences that we had had. Uh, Myself in particular, I had had um, an entire year where the Lord encountered me every day and really took the limits off of what I thought was possible when it came to um, encountering God. Turns out, long story short, it's a lifestyle. And um, as I learned that, I wrote a book about it and uh, just really wanted to dive in and give myself to what God had seemed to be inviting me into as a ministry. Um, I believe every Christian can have more encounters. Today is a good day for that. Um, And you come to the right place. I believe God is using these to help people have more encounters with Him. So, thank God for God. He's real, and thank God for that. You know, we're not stuck um, always wondering if He's real. You know, it's not a bad thing to be Thomas sticking our hands into the side of Jesus, so to speak, and having those real moments with God that leave us knowing, like Thomas, this is the Lord. Um, So I pray for that. And, um, you know, we have tons of resources, AbundantEncounters.com. Go check us out, you know, especially if you're really having a hard time pressing through or experiencing God, it needs, that needs to stop. Christians should have it. Uh, just abundant access to the Father. We need that for our identity. We need that for just walking around in everyday life. So, um, you know, we we use uh, counseling tools to help you with that. Um, you can sign up for one of those sessions right there on our website or just learn more. There's a bunch of blogs there and um, just resources that we know can help you. Those who seek will find. And God bless you in that. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this time. Thank you for the intentionality, like a a down payment for what you promised, Lord. Lord, as we come here to your table, Lord, the one you prepared for us, Lord God, we believe that we will receive from you, Lord. I bind up every hindrance. No other voice than heaven's voice gets to be spoken during this time, Lord. I shut it down in Jesus' name. The accuser, I shut you down in Jesus' name. You have no authority here. I thank you for protecting the listener, Lord God, the participator, Lord God. I I pray you bless them with encounters, with abundance, with the wealth of heaven, Lord God, pouring out in them and through them. Holy Spirit, the reality of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, come. Heaven come. Jesus, we love you. Father, we love you. We adore you. Thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. We've been reading from the Gospel of Luke, and we're going to begin with chapter 5. I'm reading from the Mirror Bible. Um, it's a great Bible. It's a, mostly from the New Testament. Uh, 
the translator is living today and he's just working on this beautiful uh, translation and um, he you you get the mirror bible for the commentary which i'm not going to share with you during this um, i'll kind of add my own commentary but i do recommend that you'd go and and find that um that app uh, it's he has he does sell books on amazon but the app is fantastic and updated regularly uh by francois dutoit um the translator so want to recommend that they gave us permission to use it we're so thankful god bless them and and god bless you let's get right into this the crowds were pressing upon him to get close enough to hear him teach the word of god he was standing on the edge of the shore of Gennesaret. there were two boats lying against the shore the sea folk had already gone out to wash their fishing nets. Jesus then stepped into the boat belonging to Simon and asked him to row out a little from the, from the land. Then he sat down and continued teaching from the boat. When he paused his teaching, he asked Simon to take them into deep water where they could let down the net for a catch. Simon responded, Captain, we've been toiling all through the night and caught nothing, but mirrored in your word, I will let down the net. They did this and trapped a massive school of large fish. So large was their haul that the nets began to tear. Then they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and assist them. When they arrived, they filled both vessels to capacity, which almost sank the boats. Witnessing this, Simon fell on his knees and began to beg Jesus to leave. Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. These people who were sea folk all their lives have never witnessed a catch like this in their wildest dreams. Simon and everyone there on that day were totally overcome with awe. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were equally astonished. Then Jesus said to Simon, You have nothing to fear. From now on, you'll likewise be netting people alive. Then, after bringing their boats to land, they departed from everything that defined them before and followed him. In one of the towns they visited, there was a man in an advanced stage of leprosy, who, seeing Jesus, cast himself at his feet and implored him, Sir, if you wish, I know that you are able to make me clean. Jesus stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I am delighted to be clean. And immediately the leprosy left him completely. And he gave him strict instructions not to tell anyone, but to go to the priest and offer oblation according to the law of Moses as proof to people that he is clean. His fame escalated even more dramatically. Great multitudes crowded together to hear him and be healed of their infirmities. 
but he would often retire secretly into a remote area in prayer. Then, one day, while he was teaching, the following dramatic incident happened. There were Pharisees and scholars of the law also sitting in his audience, along with people coming from every village in Galilee and Judea, as well as the outskirts of Jerusalem. The very atmosphere was charged with the presence of the Lord to heal. Meanwhile, there were people desperately trying to get into the house where Jesus was teaching. They were carrying a man on a bed who suffered from severe convulsions that left him paralyzed. If only they could get him close to where Jesus was teaching, but because of the crowd, they were unable to. Then, having no alternative, they got onto the roof and proceeded to break the roof open by taking the tiles off and then lowering him down on his bed to exactly where Jesus was. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, Your sins are forgiven. This triggered immediate controversy. The law professors and Pharisees in the house were perplexed and whispered under their breath, this is blasphemy. Who does this man think he is? Surely only God has the power to forgive sins. Jesus knew exactly what they were thinking and asked them, Why do you even reason like this in your hearts? To say your sins are forgiven instead of rise up and walk does not make the one more relevant than the other. Now, let me show you the connection here and help you see for yourselves that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus then again addressed the paraplegic man, saying, Arise, lift up your pallet, and be on your way home. The lame man instantly responded, got up, took his bedroll, and left for home, magnifying God all the way. Everyone were beside themselves with ecstatic joy. Overawed, they continued to praise God, mesmerized with the wonder of the paradox they have just witnessed. With this, Jesus left on his way, noticed a tax collector, Levi. He was at the tax office when Jesus said to him, Join me on my journey. He got up, left everything behind, and immediately began his new journey with Jesus. He then invited Jesus to his house where he prepared a very large banquet to his honor. A great many tax collectors, as well as a crowd of people from all walks of life attended the feast. Meanwhile, there was a lot of muttering going on by the Pharisees and their law professors. They were obviously not invited to the party and were standing on the outskirts, voicing their disgust at what was happening. They then confronted Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Jesus answered, Those who are in good health need no physician. The ailing do. I didn't come to redefine the self-righteous but those who realized they couldn't get it right by themselves. I came to awaken sinners to recognize their authentic identity 
mirrored in the complete realigned mind. Then his critics said to him, Why would John's disciples frequently fast and make prayerful petitions, just as the followers of the Pharisees do, while those close to you are feasting and drinking? Then Jesus said, No one is under any obligation to fast when there is a bridal banquet in process, least of all the sons who are taking care of the bridegroom. Yet there will be days when the bridegroom is taken away from them. In those days, they will have an opportunity to fast. Then Jesus proceeded to illustrate the following point, again using powerful parable analogies. No one would tear off a piece of cloth from a new garment in order to patch up an old, worn-out garment. This will not only spoil the new garment, but the patch won't even match the old. It would be such a waste to pour new wine into old skin bottles. The new wine will burst the old bottles and spill the wine on the ground. New wine is stored and preserved in fresh wine skins. Thus both wine and skin are equally treasured. Yet you continue to reason from a familiarity with the old mindset, and thus have no appetite for the new. I think it's beautiful how in Luke 5 there's a lot of different areas where it seems like Jesus is at least broaching on the topic of capacity. Uh, from the fish and the nets, the nets, it was basically what the nets could hold that they received. And towards the end, there's the Pharisees inability to accept a new wine because they were busy trying to hold the old. There's also the the crowds that are pushing on the capacity and uh, even a man being lowered down through the roof to maximize the capacity. Capacity is a, an important topic in the scriptures. Um, it's, a, it's interesting, I guess from my perspective, I believe it's clear that, the, that God loves the process. He's not ashamed. He's not in a hurry. He, uh, he knows where we come from and where we're going. And, and he loves to partner with us in that process. He says, you didn't choose me, I chose you. He's empowered in this relationship and he's taken responsibility for some of it. You know, uh, Isaiah 46, 3 and 4 says, Listen to me, you never had to carry me, but I have carried you from birth. I supported you from the moment you left the womb. Even as you grow old and your hair turns gray, I'll keep carrying you. I am your maker and your caregiver. I will carry you and be your savior. 
that is a father talking to his sons and daughters, letting them know that, hey, if you've taken any uh, caretaking over yourself, go ahead and release yourself now because I've got that in mind. I am your caretaker. I'm your savior. And um, so he's he's stepping in, he's choosing you. And, um, you know, it's, it's actually a place where we can just even repent or renounce um, um, our, you know, our, our being stuck and thinking that we have to take care of ourselves. God is in this with us and he's, he's dedicated to us and his design for us is the design of increasing capacity. As we started in this journey, we may not have loved people. Um, I, I remember particularly in my my case, um, there was a group of people that the Lord immediately led me to that I didn't have anything against, but I didn't have anything for either. And um, and so I didn't, without having anything for them, I just didn't think about them that often and it was a, a people group uh, I was I was saved in an Hispanic church and um, just never really thought about it but then all of a sudden as I was being involved in the culture and making friends and um, and different people ministered to me from the community I, I began to really feel love in my heart for uh, for all of my my new family, my spiritual family, and um, and in that moment I realized you know something had really changed inside of me, and um, I had gone from nothing to uh, a full presence that was flowing through me now, and God, what God had done is He had stretched my heart out, this small tiny little heart. I'd gone from not being able to accept new anything to a miraculous reality where I had love in my heart for people. Um, and that, that uh, First John even says, is evidence of your salvation. And um, so when I read about it being evidence of my salvation, I knew for a fact that I was saved. And that was this beautiful process that the Lord was taking me through to increase my capacity. And He just continually does that for all of us. He's teaching us to love. He's teaching us to see. And um, so today what we're going to do for uh, activation time is uh, we we really just want to look into the eyes of love. And that's Jesus. Jesus' eyes are filled with love. Just begin to look into his eyes. Maybe at first you're just really looking at the iris. I want you to keep going, keep looking. Uh, Enter into the, the pupil of his eye. You're looking for love. Ask Jesus, Jesus, is there anyone that I 
that I have forgotten to love, that I need my heart stretched out for. Anyone that I need an increased capacity for. Anyone I need to forgive. If you need to forgive someone, begin to do that now. Forgive them. Begin to release them. You know, like, uh, the Lord has justice always on his mind. He's, he, he won't let things go that don't need to be let go. But the good news about his justice is that we can safely put any, any bad experiences into his hands and trust in him we can just choose to do that and then then at least we get set free and that's the point right so forgive release to the lord and begin to bless that person and why do you bless bless them because you want it to go from your head to your heart and seeing them blessed in a good life that's that's part of that I want you to experience a little bit of what I experience and just ask Jesus, Jesus, where has my heart been stretched and that I've learned to love people? There's this promise from 1 John 4.16. I'll read it from the New King James Version. It says, and we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. So when we notice and we identify love in our hearts, which Jesus will help you do, then we, we firmly establish our helmet of salvation in our life. You see, that love belongs to God. You know, and it doesn't stop there, beloved. Um, you end up with a ministry like this. Uh, my wife and I do this because we love people. And we feel like and the most valuable thing we can do for people is help them have more encounters with love, with God. And um, But it plays out in so many practical ways. I want you to understand that capacity is something that we we do as we begin to trust God. Um, you know, the, the poverty cycles some of us have experienced are kind of up and down. The, or maybe, you know, even the mammon cycles, which is more like a holding pattern. Hold, 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 and pride comes, fall. Hold, fall, hold, fall. And, um, but God has come and he said, listen, it's a glory to glory. And in order to get from that, from one glory to the next glory, there's going to have to be an increase in capacity to hold in a healthy way, not in a prideful way, but in a trusting way and in a partnership way so that we can move from one glory to the next.
And so the glory is going to come, whether it's financially or in our relationships, when a blessing comes. And the blessing will be a heaven reality coming into our lives on earth as it is in heaven. So maybe it's an act of kindness, maybe you're receiving from someone or you're giving towards someone. But as that moment really occurs and it's, and it's a transaction from heaven, it, it begins to stretch us out. And we get this, uh, what I heard one minister call a floppy heart. <laughs> it just keeps stretching and stretching and stretching. And we can just receive all that God is leading us into and more and more glory to glory to glory to glory. And that's how wealth is built. That's how, um, how relationships and kingdom growth happens around us. Um, capacity is a powerful thing to kind of grab a hold of when it comes to our faith. Because, you know, it's, it, we're never really supposed to settle in the situation. You know, we're ambassadors on the earth bringing heaven to a fallen world. You know, that God wants heaven to be in. Uh, wants to be more like heaven. Wants to be less cancer, less COVID, less, uh, less illness and sickness, less uh, division, uh, less pain and sorrow. Because none of that stuff's in heaven, right? As we allow God to increase our capacity by helping us acknowledging, acknowledge the winds, the things that have changed in our lives, then uh, we become aware of the process that we're in. So that's why it's important to ask Jesus, Jesus, I want to know. I want to see with the eyes of love. I want to know where my capacity has increased. And maybe you just came out of a, a trial. And, uh, you know, this is where God brings good into a trial that he didn't, he didn't want for you, you know. Whether he did or what, what part he played in it, you know that one thing about the goodness of the Lord is that he's going to bring good out of it. And that usually is capacity. So maybe this terrible thing happened that you know God didn't want, but it happened because it's a fallen world. God's going to bring some good out of it by stretching you and giving you compassion for people going through a similar situation. And just like that, you have a love in your heart for those. And your capacity has grown and you're at a whole nother level of glory. So God bless you. I pray that your capacity would absolutely increase through an awareness of how God has done that and uh, where he's put love in your heart in the past. I pray that as you listen today, this is a massive upgrade and your capacity 
just through that awareness of what God has done. Keep asking uh, Jesus for examples. Ask him to show you other places where your capacity has grown. I pray this really blesses you and helps you go from glory to glory and begin to really position yourself with the Lord in your process. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Today might be a big new day, especially if it is the first time you used a prophetic act like this and got pulled into a real encounter with the living God in his heaven on earth. This determination may reveal how the same God has been encountering you for many years and will eventually reveal how God is really everywhere and in everything. The good news, he is for you and not against you. He's hidden there for you and not from you. Seek him and find him. Seek like a king before you share as his priest. What you begin to find and uncover will cross the boundary of word only and enter into your own truth. You'll begin to live there. We pray blessing on you. May you be prosperous today from the inside of your spirit, through your soul, and then out into every circumstance of your day. May joy, hope, and peace overflow from within you abundantly. God is not short on encounters, my friend. I pray that the supply of heaven fill your life with infinite wealth that overwhelms and overcomes every deficit of this world around you and others here in this world. In Jesus' name. Come and visit us online at AbundantEncounters.com where you can find out more about our cause. We want everyone to have an encounter with God today. And on that website, you can find out ways to help yourself, help your friends. There's counseling, coaching, and articles available that will help you to embrace the lifestyle of encountering God. AbundantEncounters.com The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace.